All right, it has, uh, it has been a crazy couple of weeks. I was emailing my friend at work, and uh, we were talking about all the things that's been happening within the last couple of days. Uh, you probably know about Hurricane Harvey, which happened in Texas. Uh, they had 40 to 52 inches of rain in certain places. Uh, billions of dollars in destruction. They're still going to be counting that up for the next couple of years. And as of uh, last night, 71 people had lost their lives. That was in Texas. And then we found out that in uh, Southeast Asia, which you might not have known about, but they had their annual monsoon. And this year, uh, 41 million people were affected by the monsoon. Uh, 950,000 houses were either just totally destroyed or were damaged. And they lost, so far, 1,200 lives. And that's in Southeast Asia. There was an earthquake in Mexico. And in that earthquake, it was a, they say it's the most powerful earthquake in Mexico for at least 100 years. And as of now, they've lost 90-plus lives. Certain cities were totally destroyed as far as their uh, buildings and things like that. And, as we all know, right now, Hurricane Irma is in Florida. And they've uh, said that 6.5 million people have to be evacuated. And they've also lost some lives as of now. And on top of all the man-made destruction, we have North Korea who has decided that they are going to destroy the United States. Uh, he's developing nuclear weapons on a daily basis. We send out these UN things, and he just totally ignores them. And you start to think, wow, what is going on? This is a crazy time to be living in. And you may not know this guy, but this is Don Lemon. He is a CNN announcer. And this week... He was doing part of his, his segment that he does all the time. And one of the things he said was, uh, is all this fair? I mean, what's going on? There are so many questions that we don't know the answers to. And I was listening to a radio station, and they were asking that particular question. What is going on? I mean, you, you see all this death and all this destruction, and it makes us start to question ourselves. It makes us start to question our existence. It makes us start to question everything. And sometimes we start to get fears because... This happens seemingly constantly. And I was listening to the radio station, and they were answering, and it was a religious radio station. And I was kind of shocked at the answers they were given. Because the more I thought about it, the more I realized they really weren't answering the question, what's going on? And then I realized that the, the answer to this question, is it fair? What's going on? Does God love us? Is God going to take care of us? Is he being mean by doing all these things and, and killing all these people and destroying all these buildings? The answers to those questions are found where all the answers of life's important questions are found, and that's the Bible. And interesting enough, enough the more I thought about the question, is it fair, it occurred to me that I was focusing on the negative. I was only looking at it from a human perspective. Is it fair that this building got destroyed? Is it fair that this rain happened? Is it fair that these people lost their, their, uh, their homes and things? And I started thinking, well, maybe that's not where I should think about this. So I started thinking, is there any good that's coming from all these things that's happening? And you think, no. How is it possible that there could be any good? And I thought about the very question. Don Lemming is a liberal conservative, liberal commentator. 
he says he believes in God, but if you listen to him and see his relationships, you'll realize that no, he doesn't really believe in God. But he asked that question. He stopped his life and focused on God. And that's kind of crazy. And I, that's what I want us to do this, this moment. Because there are so many people out there in the world who have these moral questions that they need to answer. And if we in this room can be reminded of what we already know, then this moment in history technically could be an opportunity. And we don't look at it that way. An opportunity. All the death and destruction, how is it possible? But those who believe in God and have spent time studying His Word are in a totally different situation than the rest of the world. Because we're not just seeing it from an earthly perspective. We're seeing it from a heavenly perspective. But the problem is, and I'm guilty of this, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what we truly know. This passage, it says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Teaching and admonishing yourself with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. There are a lot of questions out there. And sometimes we forget that our songs and our hymns and our spiritual songs can be used to answer those very questions. Um, in our songbook, and we're going to look at our songbook a lot, there are so many powerful songs about overcoming situations, about being strong, about doing what's right. But here's the problem. We sing these songs in the daytime. We sing these songs when it's light outside. And sometimes when it gets dark, when lots of things start happening, when destruction is upon us and we see it over and over and over, the one thing we forget is to go back to those songs, which we can use to give us encouragement. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at this time that we're living in as an opportunity to answer certain questions, certain questions that the world is asking constantly and to be honest with you, certain questions I've had to ask myself recently. So let's take a moment to go through God's word during this time that we're living in. And one of the questions we have to ask is, is God there during the storms? I mean, there are so many people out there in today's society who are looking around going, all this destruction. Is God there? Does he care? I mean, you look at Irma, you look at Harvey, and there's other storms that are building, and people start to question, does God care? Is he there? And that's one of the questions that we ask. I mean, there are literal storms in life. There are figurative storms in life. You know, sometimes you're suffering. And sometimes things get difficult. And you ask yourself, you know, is God there for me? But we have psalms that reminds us. If you turn over to Psalm chapter 46, we're going to spend a lot of time in the book of Psalms. In Psalm chapter 46, we're going to read that. It says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There's a river whose streams that shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. 
just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms removed, and uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made, who has made the desolations in this earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In this particular psalm, uh, verses 1 through 3 talks about the physical, actual storms of life. The things that actually happen. These are. It says, uh, verse 2, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Uh, Verse 8 and 9 talks about, Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolation. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. So when we talk about and look around at all the possibilities of, of death and destruction from North Korea, what is this psalm telling us? So we can turn to the psalms that will answer the question, Is God there during the storms? And the answer, obviously, is yes. God is there for us during the storms. And we, we sing songs. And if you want to turn over to song number 404, yeah, there's going to be a pattern. It's going to be a topic, a psalm, a song. So if you turn over to song 404, this is a song that we sing all the time. And this is a song that we can use in today's society to help us to increase our strength and to get, become stronger Christians. Uh, it says, Master, the temper, tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is overshadowed with blackness. No shelter or help is nigh. Carest they not that we perish? How can some lie asleep when each moment so madly is threatening a grave in the angry deep? Master, with anguish of spirit, I bow in my grief today. The depths of my sad heart are troubled. Awaken and save, I pray. You know, I think this is something that we can all say right now. We're all saddened about all the things that are going on in life. And it continues, it says, torrents of sin and of anguish sweep o'er my sinking soul, and I perish. I perish, dear Master. Oh, hasten and take control. Master, the terror is over. The elements sweetly rest. Earth's sun in the calm lake is mirrored, and heaven's within my breast. Linger, O blessed Redeemer. Leave me alone no more. And with joy I shall make the blessed harbor and rest on the blissful shore. The winds and the waves obey thy will. Peace, be still. Whether the wrath of the storm-tossed sea, or demons, or men, or whatever it be, no waters can swallow the ship or lies, the master of ocean and earth and skies. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace, be still. Peace, be still. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace, peace, be still. This is the song that we sing. And if we sing it, we need to mean it. So when we look at the storms of life, when we look at the storms, Harvey and Irma and, and every other storm, this is where we should remind ourselves, God is in control. He is there for us. He will take care of us. Also, another question that people have been asking free recently because we find ourselves focusing inwardly is, does God care about me as an individual? You know, we, we, we say things like, you know, God loves the world, but does he care about me? Does God look at me in my life and say, okay, Eric, I care about you? I mean, think about the people who are in Texas, the people who are in, in Florida. They're asking themselves, why did this happen to me? Does God care about me? And we have verses that explain to us that, yes, God does care about us. If you turn over to Psalm chapter 23, which is the 23rd Psalm, which is a Psalm that 
even the majority of the world knows. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you look at this psalm, look at how many times he says me. Look at this, how many times he says my and I. This is a psalm that says, listen God, I understand that you will take care of me. I understand that you are there for me. And not just in a, you know, American, just one of many, but me specifically, me individually. And we sing the song, number 409. And when we sing that song, that song should remind us that God does care for us. It says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ had regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of the glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. And Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight, the cloud be rolled back of the scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. This song talks about, at the very beginning, about how sorrows like sea billows roll, and what no matter what happens, it's going to be well with my soul. Because this song... The singer of it, which is us, realized that the reason it's going to be well with our soul is because God is going to be there for us. And we sing this song. And so when we're out and about and we're listening to all the horrible things, yes, God does care for us individually. And we've read the Psalms and we've sang the songs. So we should be aware. Also, um, and this is a, you know, this sounds like a horrible question. But there are people who are asking this. Is God still in control? You've got all these storms happening. You've got, you know, the madman in North Korea. You know, has God simply said, I don't really care anymore and stepped back and he just like, um, you know, let the earth destroy itself? But a lot of people are asking themselves, is God in control? And that's something that we know about. If you turn over to Psalm chapter 27, Psalm chapter 27, verse 1 through 5, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in his temple. For in a time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Verse 3. Though an army make encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. When I hear North Korea and Kim Jong-un 
Sometimes I fear. But I shouldn't. Because God has told me that he's going to be there for me. And the writer of this psalm, David, is interesting. He says in verse 2, When the wicked came against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. What David is doing is saying, You know what? I have history with you. And I know that because you protected me in the past, you're going to protect me in the future. So I'm not going to be afraid. We can look back in our lives and we can see all the good things that God has done for us. So let's not be afraid that some man is going to control our lives because God is still in control. And we read that or sing that song, which is 597. That's one of my favorite songs. You know, we sing that song, If the world above you is gray, you are feeling so blue. We know that that song tells us that God is in control. If you want to turn over there really quickly. Don't quote. Uh, it says, if the skies above you are gray, you're feeling so blue. If your cares and burdens seem great all the whole day through, there's a silver lining that shines in the heavenly land. Look by faith and see it, my friend. Trust in his promises grand. This song is saying, listen, you know what? Sometimes in life, things are not going to be great. Sometimes you're going to look up and the skies are going to be cloudy. But it says to look by faith and see it, my friend, trust in his promises. So is God still in control? Yes, he is. Because you know what's interesting? After Hurricane uh, Harvey, you know what there was? A rainbow. And what was that rainbow? That was God reminding us once again that he would not destroy us by water. And after Hurricane Irma, even though its destruction is, is happening now, after that, you know what there's going to be? A rainbow. God is in control. It might look as if a lot of things are happening and they shouldn't happen, but at the end of the day, God is in control. And it's also an opportunity for us to show the world. You know, we are the light. The world is right now worried, confused, upset. They don't know what's happening. And there is no one except Christians who are going to be able to tell them what they need to do. And if we're not showing the world how they should act, then they don't have any help. Um, it's an opportunity for us to show the world that we have hope. You know, there's a lot of people who have no hope. They've lost their homes. They've lost their family, their cars. Maybe they've lost their business. And they think to themselves, I have no hope. But if we lost everything, your house, your car, your job, would you still have hope? Yes, because we are different. Psalm chapter 25. Huh, interesting. The 25th Psalm. The 25th Psalm says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those who be ashamed who deal treacherously without you, without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my, my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And it continues. Um, in verse 12, it says, Who is a man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. Verse 16, Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. For troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Deliver me. 
Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let the integrity of my uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all her troubles. Verse 3 of this particular passage, or psalm, it says, Let no one who waits on you be ashamed. And you get to verse 16 and 17. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I'm desolate. And in verse 20, it says, Keep my soul. We have hope. We don't have hope that the National Guard is going to come. We don't have hope that the government's going to send some kind of you know, physical thing to save us. We have hope in the Almighty. And that's what the world doesn't have. Right now, the world says, well, we need money. We need funds. But that's not what the world needs. The world needs God. And we know that. And so we have hope. And we sing songs like number 412, The Solid Rock. Four twelve it says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. The world doesn't understand that. Because right now the world sees a lot of darkness, and it is not resting on Jesus. It is resting on its finances, it's resting on the government, it's resting on everything but the true hope. It says, in every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Because we know that when things happen, and things will happen, we have an anchor. And that anchor is Jesus. And that's what keeps us grounded. So when bad things happen, we're not going to lose it. Because we are Christians, and we understand that there is something more important than my home. There's something more important. And you know, it's interesting that when you see the news, and you see the people who have gotten out, they all say the same thing. We're just glad that we got out alive. You know, the person who cares about that car doesn't care about that car anymore. The person who spent all that money on that house doesn't care about that house anymore. They all say the same thing. We are so glad we got out alive. And we need to have that as an opportunity to teach them more, to explain that there is more than just the physical things. There is more than just this earth. Because we have a hope, and our hope is not in something physical. But we also have peace. Can you imagine if you lived in Texas and you lost everything? And for you, this life was all there was. You know, there's nothing else. You spent your entire life trying to build up a fortune that's gone. And for you, there's nothing else. Because you haven't looked forward to, to heaven. Because you think this is all there is. For you, there is no peace. For us, we have peace. In Psalm chapter 29, it says, Give unto me, uh, sorry, Psalm 29, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The, voice, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple everyone says glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. It's interesting. 
He said the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. We are having all kinds of floods. God is still enthroned. And at the end of that verse, he says in verse 11, the Lord will bless his people with peace. So although things are happening, although things are not comfortable, we still have a peace that this world simply does not understand. And that gives us an opportunity because when everyone is freaking out, we are the ones sitting there going, it's going to be okay because we're not focusing on the here and now. We're focusing on heaven. Uh, and also we sing that song, number 464, which is Peace, Perfect Peace. Four sixty four. It says, "Peace, perfect peace." In this world, in this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. Peace, perfect peace, by thronging duties pressed to do the will of Jesus. This is the rest. Peace, perfect peace, with sorrows surging round on Jesus' bosom, not but calm is found. Peace, perfect peace, with loved ones far away, in Jesus keeping we are safe and they peace perfect peace our future all unknown jesus we know and he is on the throne it is enough our struggles soon shall cease and jesus calls us to heaven's perfect peace this song it answers it asks those questions how can we have peace when this world is so full of darkness how can we have peace when sorrows are everywhere how can we have peace when our loved ones are far away how can we have peace when we don't know what's going on in our world and the answer is through Jesus. But if you don't have Jesus, all you have is questions. And you will never find a significant answer to that question on this earth, ever. And we have an opportunity to show the world that we have joy. If you turn to Psalm 100, or the 100th Psalm, the 100th Psalm says, May Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we not ourselves, and not we ourselves. For we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. Too many people think that we just happen to be here. You know, we're nothing but a cosmic mistake. We have joy because we know we were made by God. We are made in His creation. We have divinity within us because of Him and what He has done for us. And song number 113 is a song that I've started liking more and more. And it reminds us of the joy that we have. It says, men of faith, rise up and sing of the great and glorious King. You are strong when you feel weak in your brokenness complete. Rise up, women of truth, stand and sing to broken hearts. Who can know the healing power of our awesome King of, of love? Rise up, church, with broken wings. Fill this place with songs again of our God who reigns on high. By his grace, again we'll fly. You are strong when you feel weak. That is not something the world understands. That is something that we as Christians understand. That is something that those who are attempting to do God's will understand. When things are desperate, when things are horrible, when you are at your lowest, that's when you're strongest, but only if you hold on to God. 
And finally, this time frame that we're living in gives us an opportunity to love. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We'll jump over to the New Testament for this one. 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse 1. It says, You therefore, my, my son... Oh, that's 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1. It says, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving them thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. And I have to admit, when I read this particular passage, I get tunnel vision. Because to me, this passage talks about making sure that you're honoring the king, making sure that you're doing what's right for the government. And that is part of this passage. But also, in verse 1, it says, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. We're supposed to pray for all men. And then you get down to verse 4, and verse says, who desires all men to come to the to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. All men. But here's the problem. Sometimes I let society define who all men are. And let me tell you why. This is North Korea. It's a scary time. I have friends who say, you know, we should just nuke North Korea and move on. And that's obviously not a true statement. And the first thing I do when I think about this man and see this man, is I pray to God that he'll protect me from this crazy man. That's the first thing I do. And I think that's wrong. And it's hard to believe that God has put us in this situation so that his children might, have, might learn to love. It's hard to believe that God lets us live and that this is an example to learn to love. But I, I, I think it is. I think this man is God's way of teaching us to love. Because when we look at this man, when I said this guy's North Korea, this guy's not North Korea. This is North Korea. North Korea is full of humans. It's full of people. And society has taught me that when I think of North Korea, I think the bad guy. But that's not what I'm supposed to think about. I'm supposed to think about the people. See, because right there, see that guy right there? That is a guy who has a soul that needs to be saved. That is a guy who has a soul that needs to be saved. When I think of North Korea, I should not think, God protect me from these people. Because that is not what Christ sent us. Did Christ come to the earth so that we could be safe? Was his only reason for dying on the cross so that we can say, don't let this person hurt me? Because if Christ had that mentality, would he have come to the cross? Would he have said, you know, they're going to hurt me. Protect me. Don't let me do it. But no. Christ came to this earth because we needed to be saved. Our prayers should not be, protect me from the North Koreans. Our prayers should be, God, send them salvation. 
Send them the gospel. Let them learn what I know. That should be our thought. So when North Korea comes on television, we should not immediately fear for our lives. We should fear for their souls. We should say, you know what? There are people over there who need the gospel. God, allow them to get the gospel. Because we know that our lives are not important. If we die, what happens to us if we've been doing what's right? But if they die, what happens to them? So let us not fear North Korea. Let us not fear being nuked. Because at the end of the day, it just means we go to heaven a little bit earlier. Let us fear the people who don't have the gospel. Because this is an opportunity for us to learn to love. To look at people and see them as a person, as a soul that needs salvation. And not to fear them. Storms are going to come. Earthquakes are going to come. Crazy men with nuclear weapons are going to come. But we don't change. If we're doing God's will, we don't change. We shine for the world so they can see our hope, so they can see our thoughts, they can see our beliefs, and they can see that we don't focus on the here and now. We focus on heaven. We remember the Psalms that we've read and the songs that we sing. And when the world sees that, when the world sees that you're not freaking out, that you're calm, that there's something different about you, that becomes an opportunity. So all these horrible things that's happening in the world, they're just opportunities for us to shine brighter, for us to show that we truly believe in God. They're an opportunity for us to glorify God. So let's not look at the negatives. Let's not say $50 billion lost. Let's not say houses lost. Let's say this time that we live in is an opportunity for us to shine brighter as Christians.